100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no-fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I actually have a podcast listener and Pennsylvania hunter, Sean Nicholson, to come on. So Sean sent in a story for Mountain Buck Monday about a big Pennsylvania mountain buck that he shot in 2020 that I really thought that anyone could learn from this story. So we discuss Sean's biggest struggles to learning, to hunting the big woods, how archery has helped him in life, using logging cuts to find bucks, and closing the deal on a giant 10-point checking scrapes. 
So for this week, since this is basically the Mountain Buck Monday story, I haven't shared it yet. There won't be any other ones coming out this week, but uh, looking forward to continuing to do that as we move forward throughout the season. So send in your stories to bow at eastmeetswesthunt.com or fill out the contact us form online and uh, on the website and uh, send in your stories, just a brief paragraph and a few photos. Love to be able to to share that with everybody. So this 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 episode is really cool and i think it's super timely with late october coming in we got we're in the middle of october now kind of getting into that later half we got some colder weather coming in here on the east coast this week is looking phenomenal i plan to to get out in the woods here um in the middle of the week so i i didn't hunt over the weekend i just decided to basically work and catch up on my stuff uh that i needed to do at the beginning of the week so i could get out in the woods here and uh really you know put a lot of effort into this this cold front here for a couple days so that's kind of what my plan is i did get out a couple times here in pa i got out for one evening and one morning sip and uh had some bumped some deer going in and Saw a few in the one morning there, but uh, not much so far. Everything wasn't really opened up yet as far as the scrapes. Um, I moved some cameras around, freshened up some scrapes, did did uh, some more scouting. So I, I'm feeling good about this coming week, but uh, I'm definitely behind on where I normally am at this point of the year. So um, I'm going to play a little bit of catch up here. But looking forward, I think these next couple weeks here are, are really great chances to capitalize on some deer especially utilizing scrapes here in the big woods so this is our favorite time of year it's not the time to to uh be screwing around i guess it's it's the time to really put in you know your time when you can and uh, take advantage of these cold fronts here in october if you're able to get out at all even if it's like you'll hear in the story with sean even if you're able to get out for an hour after work you never know what can happen so good luck to everyone I appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you like it, share it with your friends, give it a, uh, you know, give it a five-star review wherever you listen to it. And, uh, and then even given the written reviews, those help out so much. And, uh, with this podcast growing here. So thank you so much for that. And, uh, with that being said, good luck this week. And, um, oh, last thing, head over to the website if you'd like check out some of the new deer camp apparel i got one of the hats on now and uh we got some the blaze orange stuff is in stock so it's a first time it's been in stock in a while got blaze orange mountain bucks beanies hats and then just the regular deer camp stuff hoodies shirts everything that you could uh, imagine there if you're looking to support the podcast in that way i'd greatly appreciate it if not that's fine as well So have a great rest of your week, and uh, we will see you with another episode later this week. All right, we're live. Sean Nicholson, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bill. I'm I'm excited to be able to share my story here. Yeah, so so to give a a background here first, so Sean had sent in a Mountain Buck Monday story, uh, another Pennsylvania guy here. And one, the the photos were absolutely beautiful of a, a tank of a Pennsylvania whitetail, and then uh, the story was well written. You could tell you put your time in and 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 getting after it. I did a little bit of research on you and saw that you've had some some recent success over the last few years. And I was like, this would be cool just to to get you on and and hear a little bit about your story. So why don't you give a, a brief background on on yourself and a little bit of your hunting background? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I've I've always been from Pennsylvania. Uh, I grew up in the Big Mountain area, uh, southwestern PA. Um, and I grew up working in a sawmill. My family, uh, owned a sawmill and, uh, and I've always been just like part, part of me has always been outdoorsy and, and, uh, my dad was an avid hunter. Um, and, uh, he, he's the one that really got me into hunting. I can remember going out with him like turkey hunting when I was like five or six years old and, uh. And then I remember taking my hunter safety course back then you had to take it, I think at age 12 and, uh, to be able to go hunt. And, and <laughs> he, uh, he actually lied about my birth date. So just so I could go hunt a year early. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, uh, I started hunting when I was 11, uh, instead of 12, but, but now, now of course you could hunt a lot uh, earlier than that. Yeah. But, um, 
just so being with my dad really got me into hunting. Um, unfortunately, in 2007, I lost my dad and kind of around that time to cancer. Um, I, I kind of fell out of the game, I guess. It, it wasn't the same. Uh, and then my, my, my brother, he, he kept hunting a lot. Uh, and he kind and I always rifle hunted. I never bow hunted previously. Um, and my brother was always big into bow hunting and he kind of, he said I should really give it a shot. And I remember buying my first bow in 2013, kind of just like got into shooting a little bit. Um, and, and not really that my scouting game wasn't really anything good. I, I just, uh, was, uh, just trying to figure out the sport really. It was completely different bow and rifle. It's just, it's two different games. The more I got into uh, the bow side of things, I, I kind of um, really enjoyed how much more went into it and how much preparation there was. And uh, and then from then, I uh, just started hunting like uh, preset stands and uh, j- just real local to my area, not really going further out into the deeper into the country or, or I guess the big woods. Um, and uh, just killed a few doe here and there and then in 2018 i guess i skipped a bunch of years there but <laughs> that's kind of like my background going into it so yeah. i mean it was a lot of ups and downs the emotional roller coaster for me for sure like hunting itself i want to hear a little bit about like you know 2018 when uh from looking back look like that was your first archery buck that you had shot and like how like talk about the learning curve of the big woods and kind okay. of like how you like just the, yeah, the struggles you kind of went through, you know, a little bit of that and then and kind of keep going. Right. Yeah. Just slow it down a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so some of the struggles were for, for me was actually getting motivated for sure. Was what was like the biggest thing, uh, just getting out in the woods, like waking up, go scout or, or, or go hang a camera. Just what, when you had a free moment and I had it all the time in the world that I noticed now, cause now that I'm a dad, it's like <laughs> trying to find any free time is so difficult. So looking back at it, I'm like, man, I really wish I would have like pushed a lot harder. Um, when I, when I first got into the game, uh, so, so for sure the, the biggest struggle was, uh, the motivation to get out and do it. I mean, if you're 20, if you don't have a family, don't have any kids, it's so easy right now to just like push it off and not go. Um, and, uh, be like, I'm going to go tomorrow and, and do my work, but you should really just get out as much as you can. That's, that's, uh, that was a big, big issue for me. Um, another thing, another struggle for me was, uh, trying to figure out like, like how to hunt the right winds, how to, uh, position myself to have a best the best chance at a deer um i'm I'm trying to think like just some examples i used to be in a like kind of a climber and 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 that was that game was a a real pain because it made a lot of noise for one and i feel like finding the right tree was also very difficult so since then of course a lot of things have changed um on, on the gear side of it and I know you, you got your saddles and uh, hang-ons that, that 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 make a make it a lot easier picking the right tree and right spot to kill mm-hmm. it to, to get your best chance. Um, so so that was another thing uh, was having the right gear. I, I maybe didn't have the right gear at the time. Um, and yeah, but hey, I mean, you made it work. I I used a I used a climber for so many years and like different iterations heavy steel ones that were loud yeah. i could never get them from stop clanging together when i was carrying it on my back and hitting beach limbs and everything else as you're going into the woods like it's uh i can i can relate to that right yeah and, and actually the first buck i did kill was out of a climber um and and what i did that th- that day was i just i left the climber in the stand or in the tree actually j- just just to like eliminate um the, the the noise and and everything of, of setting up the climber you yeah. know so like what, I, I killed my first go ahead no i was just gonna say what about like reading sign and stuff did you struggle with that at all at first with like an archery a little bit different than than gun hunting so, actually um 
with gun hunting, I didn't really scout much, really, to be honest. Um, I mean, so I would walk property lines with my dad and stuff like, but we were fortunate enough. We had a sawmill, of course. So we owned some acreage. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of the land I did hunt was private land and, and we would go post our land and during those processes and stuff, like my dad never really got me into scouting so much as much as like going out, reading different types of trees. Uh, he'd be like, what's this bark in the winter? And be like, what's this in the summer with the leaves, making sure I always knew what trees I was looking at. Um, and, and during that process, he'd be like, oh, here's some historical sign of like deer activity here. There's scrapes, there's rubs, you know? Yeah. That was kind of like my introduction to like scouting, I guess, was walking property lines with my dad and, uh, just, uh, just generally just being in the woods, uh, riding four wheelers and whatnot. And, uh, and that, that, that was probably, but, but, but transition to, to bow um season and scouting for that uh i kind of just i i kind of naturally picked up on it just from being in the woods so much it it made sense like uh i guess i i'm I'm like very what's the word for being like directional or uh punctual uh, understanding like reading maps and and whatnot I'm, i'm never lost i got a good sense of direction that's the word yeah and uh and just from like like reading maps and and stuff, I, I was able to uh, find specific areas I wanted to get into. And once I got there, picking up on the sign, it, it's really not that bad. It's just getting out there is is like I said at the beginning is the hardest thing I think. Once you get out there and you start seeing a scrape here or a rub there and start seeing rub lines or just jumping deer out of their bed, uh, it, it's it's a lot easier than it than it might seem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, not overcomplicating um, it and just kind of seeing yeah. it for what it is. Yeah, yeah, just getting, just pretty much showing up and getting out there is one of the hardest things. And uh, <laughs> and I, I, you, you, don't you agree? It's yeah. like it, it's so easy just to like be able to just like hit snooze on your alarm or like just put put the day off and say I'm going to do it another day. Yep. Um. But 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 the other thing too, then once you do scout, and I notice is just being persistent with it, and don't get lazy. Just just the learning aspect, like I said, like with it, and and then you started finding success. You know, you said you had some roller coaster years there, and it seems like the last three years that yeah. you've been you've been able to to kill a buck in archery every year. But, yeah, the last three years have been my hardest hunting years that I've ever done um, in Pennsylvania, um, and they I, I think that gap before that was definitely losing my dad I, I think was the hardest thing for me even though I didn't archery hunt it was like I almost needed to find something different that wasn't quite I mean it still was related but not quite the same um and and I've always been just like uh uh like I have a hard time sitting still and not really sitting still I know you sit still on a stand right all day yeah but like so so like my background like like if i if i have free time i like to be mountain biking i like to be out in the woods scouting i like to be working out running lifting cross training and anything that's like active and i feel like bow hunting was kind of like a good a good feeler for that uh when it comes to hunting so so i was able to to kind of get back into things because of bow hunting and of course, having my brother to like bounce a lot of ideas off of was awesome too. Um, it helped it helped build our relationship more. We always had had a great relationship, but being able to uh, to have something else to talk about. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what, what's better? What's better than hunting, right? Yeah, and and like and, and, and archery and, hunting just like takes up like it's it's a year round thing, and it's just like you're always doing something that you can <laughs> prepare to be better at. And it sounds like you're. Um, I don't know if competitive is the right word, but you like doing things. You like to become, make yourself better yeah, and I'm, that kind of I'm stuff. I'm definitely competitive. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely competitive, very competitive. Um, but I'm not, I'm not competitive in the way like we're all like, like that, why'd you shoot that buck or what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a trophy is a trophy, no matter what, what you've done or worked for it. I mean, so just challenging I mean, yourself kind of, yeah, yeah. Challenging myself. Right. Exactly. Um, but like my, my, my wife said the other day, I was like, hunting season's come up right around the corner. She goes, what do you mean? You've been like doing it all year. I was like, well, 
I mean, the actual <laughs> like, 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 like the work that we put in now, it's, it's finally here to yeah. like show what we actually done. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like if you're not doing it all year, I, or not necessarily all year, but maybe like nine months out of the year, I feel like you're, you're slacking somewhere. If, if you want a chance at a big mountain buck like that, yeah, you know, and, and, and another thing too, my, like, even if you put a hundred percent into it, it doesn't always mean you're going to kill a deer too. That's, that's another thing. I mean, you could work as hard as you, as hard as you possibly can and have the, the best like data ever on a deer and somebody else can get it or um, they might run off on you or you might shoot over its back. You don't know. There's so much you, you could prepare so much. And, uh, that's another thing like to take away from hunting is like you, it's not, it's not given. I think I like that about it. It's not, a, it's not a hundred percent. It's always humbling. Yeah. It's so humbling. That's right. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, man. I, um, I can, I can totally relate to that as much work as I want to put in and do everything. And then it comes down to one opportunity and you make one mistake or the deer just doesn't, uh, cooperate right. with you. And it's like, man, like how, <laughs> just give me this one right. chance. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. It's like, I, I know I range that tree. It's 35 yards and he was, he was walking right through there and I don't know, maybe he jumped or something. I don't know. I shot over his back. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. It can happen so quick. Um, yeah. So and the other no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say like bouncing back off my dad, like archery season also was kind of therapeutic for me in a way, I guess just being able to like another reason to get out in the woods. Um, so like, like it, it was, it was a way to relieve a lot of stress for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I wanted to say that I think I was thinking about earlier. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I can imagine. And, and I think that's awesome that you were able to find that and help with, you know, with that process that I, I can't imagine with, with losing your father and being able to, to, to pick up archery and kind of help with, with that process of relieving stress and just being out in the woods and, and, and nature. I think that's, I think that's pretty awesome that, that you're able to do that. And, and, so to kind of transition a little bit here, that in 2021, the the story that you sent in was incredible. I mean, like I said, the, the photos are amazing. The just the hmm. buck is just awesome. Like I was pumped up when I saw that and read the story. So I want to hear from start to finish about this buck, like how you how you kind of yeah. found him and then the process of hunting him. Sure. Um, I actually, that, that deer, I sent it to you in 2021, but I killed him in 2020. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Uh, I did get a night, a, a decent deer in 2021 as well. Uh, been fortunate the last three years to kill my first archery buck. And then two years after that to kill two decent bucks. And I mean, one, once in a lifetime, probably PA buck and another after that. Um, maybe I'm doing something right, or maybe I'm just really lucky. I don't know. But, uh, so, so the 2020 deer, um, I was kind of just looking at some maps and trying to figure out what is going to be good betting for a deer. And, and, uh, I was looking for like four, four year old clear cuts. And this was at the end of 2017, whenever I started doing this. So I found about a two or three year old clear cut and I kind of just was on the outskirts of that clear cut running some cameras, uh, at the, it was in the middle of rifle season. Actually, I was still, still out just walking around running cameras during rifle season and, uh, hung a bunch up on the outskirts of this probably 13 acre clear cut. Um, and, and it transitioned from a, from a clear cut to like some, pole timber to big timber. So it was kind of like a good, good transition area. It was pretty flat, um, pretty flat Ridge. And it dropped down into a little bit of a hollow on the, on the one, uh, one side. I think that was, that slope is, a, a East facing slope. Okay. Um, so, uh, I go around, check the camera cards at the, in the spring of 2018, and I get some decent pictures of deer, uh, and, uh, and one of them is that buck and, uh, I could tell he's really young, probably about two and a half years old. And, uh, and 
and he actually was in there at the end of November. I don't know how long he was in there before that. Um, but come next season, I go back to the similar areas and run cameras again. Uh, this is 2019 and, or wait, 2018. And, uh, and, and, and I'm getting my years mixed up. It's kind of confusing because I killed the deer in 2020. Um, have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S. And I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade Short Barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. 20, yeah, 2019, I go back in and run cameras and uh at the end of october uh i, I don't have any stands set up at this time or no no place to hunt in there and uh i'm just doing it for inventory purposes only and and it's pretty much just run on my all my cameras were set up on like really like like little open areas in the pockets of timber like transition areas and and there's just tons of little growth around everything else so hard to get into um but uh so i had i had a few cameras set up on transition paths in there and there was there was a few scrapes that they were set up on as well just small low-hanging branches and uh i had uh he showed up again in 2019 or showed up at end of october and i mean he was he was big then he was a nine point growing like a on his right side he didn't have his 10th 10 or G whatever four, yeah. G one, two, four. Yeah. Um, and, uh, at this point I was like, Oh my God, if that deer would have came by, I, I checked my cameras after I killed my buck in 2019. So, so like November 20th, like I wish I would have known he was there, but come 2020, I, of course I changed my story cause he comes again and that's <laughs> when I get him. But anyways, at this point I'm all excited because I seen him in 2019. He's just like, he's like a mega nine point. And, uh, and, um, at this, I, I, I get in there and do a preset stand. Cause I kind of knew their general like direction at this point. Cause I've been watching the area for two years and, uh, he, um, so, so, so I hung some cameras up again. Um, pretty much on the same trees it's kind of funny like I, I could almost leave my cameras up on on some of the trees seems like 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 deer like people almost i think like they don't uh it, it's like we almost do the same thing every day you know what i mean we wake up we make coffee we eat breakfast go to work uh every spring we might go to the the uh go to the lows and buy mulch to put in our garden and stuff it's like you almost know at, at some point like what what that deer is going to do um, it's kind of crazy actually that they're so routine. Mm -hmm. Um, so come 2019 or 2020, then the day that I kill a deer, uh, it's, uh, 
I, I, I did a, so go back. I did a presets stand uh, just to hang on, cheap cheap hang on. It was not nothing like crazy. Uh, I just wanted something that I could be super quiet, mm-hmm. uh, get in there without uh, too much trouble. Um, I had what trying to think of what else to set up. It was just pretty really simple, just over top of a path that went about ten yards, like in front of my stand, and. Uh, and he traveled it two years in a row, so around the same time. So I, I was, I, I wanted to be further away, but there was really not a lot of good trees. It's kind of hard to pick them when you're in a clear cut like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so you can't be too picky. Um, and I needed a southwest wind for it to work. So 2020 October, um, I get, I check the weather. I'm at, I'm working actually from home at this point, and because uh, of COVID. Um, I was able to do some stuff at home. I was on a Zoom meeting and uh, it it was done like, I, I was like, is it going to get done today? It's like the perfect weather. Am I be able to get out? You know, all those thoughts are going through your head whenever, <laughs> yeah. you're, uh, whenever you're getting ready to go hunt. And, uh, and, and it got done later than I thought it would. Uh, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, 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 it, like the weather's perfect. It's 45 degrees, southwest wind, uh, I said, just go for it. So, so I hurry up, run out of the garage, throw all my gear on and, uh, and finally get to the location and I get out of my truck and I'm like, Oh, I forgot. Like, like, I hate, I hate this part of the story, but I mean, I forgot my safety harness, you know, it's like out of all things, like I already had a rope set up there, but I, I, or a tethered, a tether, but I didn't have a, a safety harness. So I'm like, should I even go? Like, is it worth it? I already rushed out here. The only thing going for me right now is the weather. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go sit. I'm just going to be real still, sit, watch, see what happens. I'm not going to take any crazy, like, angled shots or anything like that if if something does come in. So this is before, yeah, yeah, this is before we set our clocks back. So I get set up about 5 p.m. And, uh, at about 5.30, I start hearing something behind me, um, just like making some noise. And at this time, I, I, I just keep looking over my shoulder. Just don't see anything yet. It's so thick. You could probably only like shoot 30 yards max in there. And, uh, and I keep keep hearing something. I keep checking. Don't don't see anything yet. And uh, I have like a, behind me is a, a I think a, there was a beach or a, it was like a two, two or three year old, like, uh, I, I, I'm not really what, sure exactly what tree it was, but it was full of foliage. I forget which one it is. So it was really hard to see through it. And um, finally, the deer is probably, I don't know, 10, 15 yards behind me. And, he's, and his head, head is behind a cherry tree, an older cherry tree. And he, and he just pokes his head out just a little bit. And I could see just his forks, his two front forks on both sides come out and like, no, I was like, it's it's probably like a four point is all I was thinking at the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and and he stayed, and the deer stays there for like, I don't know, like three minutes, just making a like scraping, and I think he was making a scrape line is what he ended up doing when he was coming down through the woods. It was it was only him making all kinds of noise, but yeah, I'm like ah, that's, that's that's nothing, whatever. He's just gonna keep walking by. So he takes two more steps out. And he takes his head and he just like looks back and forth both ways, like on the trail crossing. I, I was like, Oh God, my heart, like almost stopped <laughs> at that point. Cause, cause I've never seen a deer this big in, in person in the woods, you know, it's just, it, it, it was incredible. Actually. I, I was like in the past when I killed deer, uh, I didn't like get shaky right away till after killing the deer that this was like, I was like shaking uncontrollably, like before the deer, even like before I even shot or did anything, it was something I never experienced. So I'd like, I, I like grabbed my bone. I'm like, I had to compose myself, but you could just see my, my broadhead just like jumping at the end. I'm like, Oh my God, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever experienced that, but oh, it's just yeah. like, Oh I God, have. it's t- typically it's like I could comp- compose myself until the arrow's gone. <laughs> But this time I couldn't. Um, so anyways, he pokes his head out in, in, into the trail crossing that's right in front of me, like 
he, he's like 15 yards behind me. The trail goes 10 yards right past my stand. And, uh, and as he's, as he's walking up the trail, he's just slowly walking, like sniffing the, the wind's perfect for him not to catch my scent. Um, and he's just walking right up the trail and here, I'm, I'm standing up against the tree, like looking down behind me as he's walking up. And I really only have one shot over there, like when he steps out, but what happens is he steps on something like a branch or something that's and it, like flicks up and kicks him. And he jumps like three big hops kind of to my left. And I have like a, I don't know, like a pie size, like opening between like the, uh, the, the, the sapling tree that was behind me and him. So he's court, he's quartered away about like three o'clock. He's like aimed three o'clock and perfect angle. I draw back. I'm, I'm still, I, I remember myself still shaking a little bit and I just took a deep breath, put it behind his shoulder and, and let it go. And it was going perfect. And right at the last second, the arrow takes a little dip. And I must've just caught a small branch. Like that was closer to him. It was like literally like the last second that I, I, I didn't see it. I thought it was a perfect opening shot. Like I wouldn't want to take anything that would wound an animal. Mm-hmm. I see, I see the, I see it just drop real quick right before he hits him. And then he, he just jumps away. He, like nothing ever happened. I'm like, Oh no. It's like, I think I just missed the biggest buck of my life. And he just walked out of my sight. So I, I'm like, I'm like watching him walk away. Um, he's just wagging his tail. No, like acts like nothing happened. Just looking back and forth. Um, and, uh, once he, once he gets about 50 yards away, I, I, you can't take a shot past like 30 yards in there. I could still see him. And I, and I like, I've like had my binoculars up trying to like look for anywhere that I hit him. I can't see anything at all. And, uh, he, uh, he ends up bedding down, looking back at me, like where he came from. I was like, that's strange. I never really heard of that before. Like, like a deer getting spooked and then just walking like short, a short distance bedding down. And this is five, like I said, five thirty. I think, yeah, five thirty is like when I did the shot and they're still, probably like two, two hours of daylight left. And I was like, what? I was like texting instantly. I text my brother and like, I think I just shot like, or missed the biggest buck of my life. And, uh, just text a few buddies. I'm like, what, like, what should I do? I said, he's bedded down 50 yards away from here. Like, don't do anything. Just like sit there and, and, and wait and see what happens. He might walk back to you, um, to, to see what, what scared him. You don't know. I was like, yeah, okay. So, so I'm sitting there and I hang my bow back up, string another arrow on it. And he doesn't see me do anything. I just keep watching him. And, uh, then I answer a couple more text messages. Having your phone in the tree stand is probably a bad thing sometimes too, right? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So, so I'm like texting and then I look up and he's not there anymore. Like, oh man, I should have never been on my phone. Um, so I don't know where he went. And I, I sat there for, until almost dark and decide to get out of the tree. So I get out of the tree, walk up to where my arrow is at. And I, I, I see like some white hair and I'm like, Oh, that's not good. And then I see the arrow, there's no blood on it. I'm like, Oh boy. And, uh, and then I just take a few steps closer to the direction he ran. And, uh, I start seeing like pretty big, like spots of blood. I'm like, and it's really bright red blood. And I'm wondering, hmm, there's no blood on the arrow. There's no, there's white hair everywhere. I was like, what, wonder what I hit, just like scun his leg. And like, he's just like, it's clotting up on him real quick. Or I really wasn't sure what to think. And then all of a sudden I hear, I hear him jump up and take like, like five or big leaps. And then I hear him bed down again. I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm just backing out. So, so I just back out kind of told that story to my brother and he's like, uh, he goes, I, re- I really want to hunt in the morning. He goes, let me, he goes, I'm going to be able to grab my dog. He, he has a, a lab that he was trying to, she was showing interest in like tracking deer and doing decent at it. So it's like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll just wait for you, uh, tomorrow. Uh, let me know when you're done. I checked the weather. It's not supposed to rain. There's like a, there, there was like a, 30% chance of rain overnight. And I just remember like 10 PM, 11 AM till like 4 AM. It did nothing but pour down rain the whole time. 
Yeah. Um, that's what, yeah, I, I didn't sleep much, but, uh, so, so, so I text my brother, he, or he texts me, says, I'm done. I'm going to go grab the dog. I was like, let's go in and check it out and see what we can find. And, uh, we go to where I first seen the deer bedded and I figured that'd be a good spot to uh, get, get the scent trail going <clears throat> and where that bed was at, there was tons of blood just laying there that first bed. And, at, and after it poured all night, I was like, how is there this much blood? It doesn't make sense to me. It was like, that should be gone. And, uh, he must've just been like really pumping out a lot. And, uh, and, uh, we follow the trail for about 50 yards and he's the, the, the dog actually followed the trail for a while. And she got pretty much within 15 yards of him and was like running circles. And I was like, he's got to be in here somewhere. I stood up on a rock and just look over and I was like, my heart like almost stopped whenever I just seen him like expired there. It, it was just a sight that I can't like, I don't know. It's just crazy to see a deer that big and like that you actually killed it. And he hopefully didn't suffer too long. Cause I heard him crash 50 yards away. I, I was like, don't I ever want any animal to suffer, you know? Yeah. Um, and to, to just see him there laying sideways down it, 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 with his rack, it was actually like up on a rock a little bit. And I was like, it's like, he's posing for me as I'm walking <laughs> in. It was, it was so, it was so surreal. And, um, and, and my, my brother goes, Holy, uh, I don't want to cuss, but he was like, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, he was like, he goes, that's, that's crazy. Um, and I forgot to add in there in the story, he was checking a camera the, the morning he was hunting before we tracked the deer. And uh, he sends me a picture of a deer. He goes, Jesus Christ. He goes, look at this deer on this camera. I was like, I swear to God, Wes, I think uh, my brother Wes, I was like, I think that's the deer I shot last night. He goes, he goes, what are you serious? I was like, yeah, yeah, I think that's him. <laughs> and, uh, so he was hunting kind of, kind of close to me there and he goes, okay, I'm going to get out and we're going to go look, but we ended up getting to find him, And, and I ended up hitting him like, I think in an artery right under his armpit, I was shooting a, me a mechanical broadhead and it, and it just it expanded wide enough to like put a huge cut from like, like the top of his, like, I don't know. It, it was like pretty much his whole armpit area was just cut wide open. And I couldn't see it. Cause when he was like laying there, it was all hidden. then at that point. Yeah. And, and when the, so no fletching went through any flush or anything. And once the broadhead went into the ground, there was nothing on it at that point. That's uh, why I didn't see blood to begin with. Yeah. So there was like, say, there was no like actual, like you didn't hit any lungs or anything on it. It never broke a rib cage. Really? Pretty crazy. I could send you pictures of that uh, shot, the hole that it put through him. It was a, a rage broadhead. I mean, yeah, I, I, I still think if I was shooting a fixed with a fixed blade, I wouldn't have a deer at all. It would have never killed him. I don't think it would have did the damage enough. It wouldn't have had a big enough cutting surface yeah. to do what I, that did. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It must've just been like with the, the blood that you found after it overnight, just massive blood loss. And that just, he probably died crazy. not long after when you heard him crash. That he last was cold. Time. He was cold. Okay. He was cold. Yeah. Like you could see in those pictures, like you said, how cool they look. It's because of that fog that was rolling through. Mm -hmm. It was just like, like after the storm, there was just fog and stuff. And just from the moisture, it was really cool. Like time to take a picture for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I got it pulled up on my other screen right now and I'm looking at it. It's just like just beautiful chocolate antler, just big 10 point. Looks yeah. like he got a kicker coming out on his, uh, on his you, base you, there. Yeah. That was a good deduction for the net score. Yeah. That doesn't count, <laughs> but it's cool character. Right? No one, no one does yeah. net score. No, it counts the net score. No, right? I, I know I don't. <laughs> right. No, that's awesome. That's such a, yeah. such a cool deer. I love, I love the story too. Just like, um, just, I mean, in that branch, I mean, you definitely had to hit a branch if it dropped down it makes sense with the story hitting them low. Like, yeah, that. I mean, so, so I was sh shooting a, a, uh, um, a single pin slider site. And, uh, I had it set to 25 yards and he was, I ranged him from the tree I was in from where I was at. And he was right at 30 yards and I was holding like center mass and I'm shooting a 70 pound bow. So I 
really don't think it would have dropped that much unless no. like like but i said i was shaking a good bit too but like it was flying perfect and then it just like a quick little dip at the end yeah I, I knew i had to nick something that just threw it off its path no i've i've had that happen before i was the only reason i knew is i was shooting like a nocturnal and i could see it and i remember shooting and i'm like mm-hmm. everything felt good and i just saw it like just dip down and i'm like are you kidding right. me like how did that, how did that happen but yeah. then it's like those branches are so hard to see those little saplings and stuff you can't especially in the heat of the moment when you're like all worked up and everything those, those they're just not there until they are <laughs> right yeah yeah for sure and, and uh well i'm shooting a new bow this year and i am pumped after playing around with the buddies hoy rx8 the smile on my face made the decision for me. The first thing I noticed with the new Hoyts were their extremely smooth draw cycles and the ability to adjust the back wall to make it rock solid like I prefer. I outfitted my own RX-8 with the inline accessories that made installation extremely easy and balanced out the bow. My favorite accessory so far is a simple one. It's a Go Sticks 2.0 adjustable legs to make your bow like a tripod, but it doesn't interfere with any part of the bow or the limbs or anything like that in addition the integrated kickstand within the hbx exact cams protect your string from excess wear when you put your cam into the dirt ground hunting or spot and stock just got easier if you want to experience what i'm talking about head to your nearest hoyt dealer and take a test drive yourself you can learn more at hoyt.com the mobile hunters expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other it provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out at, or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at the mobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. Yeah. It, it, like I said, in, in a clear cut like that, it's, it's, it is difficult if you're not clear in shooting lanes and doing things like, I mean, if you're hunting publicly and you can't be doing that, but yeah. Um, were you, um, were you yeah, right it, on the edge of the clear cut from the sounds of it? yeah yep i was on i was on the edge of it like because he was making a scrape line right on the edge of it and he was just entering where i was sitting so he was like just like i walked back through there and he put he did like four scrapes in a row like so that was kind of neat to like like be able to go back in like where he did that and see what he was doing i think he was just kind of like saying hey this is my, my my area like nobody else is allowed in here and and once he hit that main travel like path into where I was at, he just hopped on the trail and walked in a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, I was just right there on the edge. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. So was he, were you saying, was he going into the clear cut or was he coming out of it? He was coming into the clear cut. Okay. Gotcha. So he wasn't bedded. He wasn't bedded in there coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So he must've just been roaming like mid- midday roamer, uh, October 27th. I mean, just, I don't know. He was trying to claim something though. He yeah, was on a mission coming through there, you know, trying to check for that first doe to come into heat. And yeah. Just, he definitely oh, was. That's, that's, oh, that's such I, a great yeah, time. I think he was headed in there to wake her up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what he was trying to do. But oh, man. Yeah, he went down the wrong path. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I, I, and it's, I mean, there's a lot, lot to be, you know, learned from that. You got the different, you got the different types there. You got that, what the cut that you said was what, like four years old, five years old, something like that. Yeah. So, so by the time I hunt it, it was probably about seven years old. Okay. And then six or seven the, years the old stand there. So, you know, like a 40 or 50 year old cut probably that, that got up and then mm-hmm. you have the big timber woods. That's uh, and then the big timber. Yeah. yeah, man. That's such a cool that's such a cool location and hopefully hopefully you can repeat that and another thing to take from that is like that historical data like the the dates like man i love that like when you find a spot where a buck whether it's just a particular buck or just an area sometimes that heats up at that time you got to take note of that because it's so right it's it's yeah and the other thing too is like what like you know that 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 week's a popular week for a deer to be moving through so it's 
I almost didn't go at all. So it's like, it doesn't even matter. Like if you have an hour or 30 minutes, I think it's worth your time still trying to be, if all the stores align other than the time that you have to sit there, you don't got to sit there for two or three or four or 12 hours to kill a big deer. I mean, if you can get in there, I, I did it in 30 minutes, which is very lucky, but uh, I think you just got to get out there, right? Yeah, definitely. Conditions you know? were right. I mean, the cooler weather, you know, that time of year is like, you, yeah, any chance you get. And it's, I, I know how hard that is. Like with, I've, I've always struggled with that was with going out after work and like, even when you only have an hour. So it's hard to get the motivation to want to go do it for such a short period of time, but right. obviously it can pay off. Yeah, it is. And and like I said, I forgot my harness too. So during that shot, the whole time, if I would have had my harness on, I could have like leaned against the, 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 the or had it pulling against me and had even a better angle. So that's another thing. Like if you are in a rush, just, just kind of like prepare ahead of time, have all your stuff already laid out in the truck and, and ready to go. Like, because I just like, it was like split second decision and I wasn't really prepared in that sense, but otherwise I was. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. It, uh, definitely worked out for you there. No, it's, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm excited for you. I hope, uh, hope this year you got one picked out and you're going to have another good year. Yeah, I, I got a few picked out. Um, I have a lot of cameras that I haven't checked the cards on yet either, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I hope, I hope to have success again. Um, but again, you can't uh, get your hopes up either. Right. Yep. No, I, it sounds like, it sounds like you, uh, you put in the time and you'll, you'll, you'll make it happen again. I'm sure you're on a street. Yeah, you can't yeah. let it go down. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, my, uh, my, my, my brother's been on a dry spell, so I, I'm really hoping he pulls through this year with one. Um, but, uh, he, he had a nice one come by last year and just, uh, like I said, he, he, he prepares more than me even. And, uh, or, or I, I mean, I don't to say more, but he puts a lot of time in and, uh, and, uh, it, it just, he, he just, he just nicked it on the back. And it's like, like I said, no matter how much time or work you put into it, shooting, uh, fine tuning your setup, running cameras, uh, scouting, finding new terrain or new sign, he does all that. And, even somebody who puts a hundred percent into it, it's not a given. It's no, not a given. No, it definitely yeah. isn't. Well, that's cool, man. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting your story, uh, again this year. I'm, I'm going to say by the end of November, I better have an email of, uh, <laughs> a story from you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I hope so too. Well, cool. I appreciate yeah. you uh, being willing to come on and, and share the story here. I I appreciate it. And, and for anyone that's listening, Sean has, he has basically a professional setup over here. Uh, he's <laughs> got the microphone, he's got everything yeah. ready to go. So that was, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Find a, find somebody that does audio books. They'll have a good setup, but uh, yeah. No, you gotta, gotta sure. thank your wife on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. Cool. Um, well, Sean, is there um, is there anywhere you'd like to to point anybody to to follow along with any of your ventures or anything like that for uh, you? Yeah, sure. I uh, I have an Instagram page. It's probably the best place to find me at Nicholson seven two four. And uh, I started trying to do a little bit of self filming too. I have a page seven two four outdoors is what that's called. Um, Really, really not a lot going on there yet. Just trying to get something going though. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll put links but, in uh, the show notes so everyone can go check that out. And uh, yeah, look forward to to seeing more of it, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.